Well, Razorback fans, you want to know about the basketball team once again, and you want to know about how is Musselman going to play all these players? How's it going to work? Well, let's talk about it on today's Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Tuesday as uh, we continue on with uh, the craziness that is the Razorback basketball team and transfer portal. I love it. Like, I absolutely love it. It's crazy how I'm just it's still talking about basketball every day. And the uh, Locked On Razorbacks podcast is just continuing to do record numbers. Uh, I love it. So I appreciate each and every one of you who have uh, listened in, who have watched in, who have subscribed and and everything. It's been so cool. And because I love talking about this stuff. So it's very rare that you get something to where me as the host loves talking about something that you, the listener, also love talking about and mixing it together and being able to put out uh, some really fun conversations and some fun topics. So, uh, yeah, it's just been awesome. So we'll talk uh Talk a little baseball too, and uh, actually, I did a thing on the YouTube page on the Locked On Razorbacks YouTube page, uh, where I just put out a question there of kind of almost like a mailbag, if you will, uh, just some things that listeners reached out and said that they wanted to discuss or wanted me to discuss on the podcast, which we'll also get to here in just a little bit. So get a little creative there, but uh, I I kind of wanted to base this off of you know yesterday's podcast, which just crushed it. Just again, so many people chimed in, and I appreciate everybody. Uh, that was talking about it and sharing it and diving into it as well with the Ron Holland situation. One of the questions I feel like after it was after, really after all the transfers were coming in and then you have the Ron Holland deal where it's folks again, as time continues to go on, it looks like he's coming to Arkansas. So uh, just get ready for that. But people start asking the question of like, Okay, so how does Eric Musselman handle this roster? Because as we know from Eric Musselman, he's not the type to play 10, 11 players. Just not what he does. Each and every year, he plays seven. And sometimes if he gets really crazy, he'll play eight players. And those are just the ones he relies on. Those are the ones he deals with. And those are the ones he sticks to. It's been a formula that's obviously worked very well. But at some point in time, when you get the amount of talent and the amount of players on the roster like Arkansas is looking to have this upcoming season, this is where it's really going to be getting to the point where like, how is everyone going to play? How is everyone going to find a spot on this team and some sort of role that they can play when they can actually be able to add something to the team and uh, be coming in and, and expecting playing time? Because if you think about it, with the five transfer players that are coming in, or at least the ones that are committed right now, we know that some are looking in the NBA. But with the five players that are in to, uh, in, into transferring to Arkansas, how like those guys are 100% believing that they're going to step on campus and play. Now, are all of them expecting to start? Maybe. I think most of them are just coming in and knowing that they're going to have a role and uh, their expectation for themselves is probably going to be to start. But obviously, not all five of them are going to start. So uh, there's at least some sort of element there to where you know, some of these guys are going to have to understand, I don't know if it's one of them, two of them, three of them, however, that are coming into this team and saying, you know what, I'm going to have to earn my spot. 
I'm going to have to earn my minutes and I'm going to have to play a role that may be coming off the bench. Like they have to understand that. So they're all cool with it, apparently. And then you throw into the mix of the three freshmen that will, or two freshmen that are for sure coming in, and the third one, Ron Holland, uh, that'll be coming in too. Ron Holland's going to start, like 100%. He's going to start. He's going to play a lot of minutes. And Bayfall, I'm sure, is expecting a lot of playing time. When he comes in, when he comes in, he's like, I'm going to play. And then you have guys like, you know, Jordan Walsh or Devo Davis, where we skin, we're waiting on them and, and what's going to be happening in their situation. But if they, one of them decides to come back at least, they're expecting, hey, I'm going to play. So you got a whole bunch of people, and that doesn't even go into Trevin Brazil, who's going to start and going to play. And then Jalen Graham, who I believe is still going to play and play a significant role in this team. So besides really Joseph Pinion, I don't think there's really anybody on the roster that's looking to be on this roster or potentially will be on this roster that is going to say, yeah, you know, well, if I have to ride the bench, so that's the way it goes. I'll be fine with it. It's not really that type of thing. Because even last year, I think Musk was forcing the hand. And again, this is his style, but the main reason he had only seven to eight players that he played last year was because of injury, for one. And two, you had a bunch of freshmen that were on the bench that weren't ready, that weren't ready for that circumstance. You know, the year before that, uh, you had a lot of transfers that came in, but still, I mean, the guys that played roles on that team, uh, you know, it was pretty much the seven or eight guys that were, you know, some of the returners like Devo and Jalen Williams and J.D. Note. And then I believe they had five transfers that year, too. And, and there was your eight. Like, that was the ones that they actually ended up playing and giving uh, a lot of significant playing time too. Made all the sense in the world. Like, uh, you know, the Connor Vanover didn't play much. Um, you know that uh, you know, KK Robinson didn't play. Like there was just guys that you kind of knew weren't going to play for their own reason. And then even the year before that, uh, the Moses Moody year, that was a mixture of a bunch of true freshmen like Devo and uh, Jalen Williams and Moses Moody with Note kind of being that sixth man. And then you had... Justin Smith coming off of uh, you know the transfer from Indiana that was so good. Jalen Tate, who was a big-time transfer coming in. And, and after that, you had Desi Sills a little bit here and there and, and Vance Jackson. But again, it was just like you kind of knew. It's like, hey, well, that's where it teeters off a little bit. And it's nothing against that's insulting to any of those players. It's just the reality is that you get to a point to where it starts to teeter off a little bit. So none of those players that you feel like are like, whether they're true freshmen whether they're just not ready, whether they're just not very good, maybe they struggle with certain things, maybe it's defense, whatever it is, like there was reasons to have them not play. But this year, it goes back to the whole thing of every one of these transfers have proven that they can play big-time college basketball. You have the guys that are returning in Graham and Brazil that are 100% expecting to play because Brazil's going to start. Like He's going to be arguably one of the best, if not the best player on the team next year. And Jalen Graham, even though he didn't start a whole lot of games, he's he's getting playing time. So he's expecting it. And all the five-star players that are freshmen are going to be expected. So everyone's expecting it. Everyone's expecting this. So will this be the year, because of the talent level that Eric Musselman has, will this be the year where maybe he does play more than seven or eight players? Is that what he's going to do? Is that the approach he's going to take? Well, the, the short answer of it is no. Because in my reckless assumption and my reckless prediction, I'm not, I don't know who it's going to be, but let's be honest about this. 
there are going to be players that come in to Arkansas and are going to be on the team next season that maybe we feel good about, that maybe we hope that's going to be really good, or maybe we hope that, or, or saw what they did at their previous stop or what they did in high school or, or whatever. We're going to look at them and say, okay, you know, what kind of role can he play? And then when they actually get on the court or when they actually get in with the team, it, it just ain't it. It ain't clicking. Because that's how it happens a lot of times with these transfers, and that's how it's happened at Arkansas with Eric Musselman. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing because I feel like uh, still having a solid player to go up against practice and, and everything, if they don't play a whole lot, uh, it's better than just you know having scholarships or wasting scholarships on players that uh, really can't add anything, even in practice, too. So essentially what it's going to be is, once again, this year is going to be seven to eight players. It's not going to be 10 to 11. That's just not Musselman's style. Maybe he goes up to nine. Maybe gets really wild and goes up to nine players that'll be part of the rotation. But again, it's just we're, we're all basing this off of Ron Holland. Like the guys, if you wanted to do a starting lineup right now, I'm looking at it's basically going to be Minifield at point. You're going to have Tremont Mark. You're going to have Battle. You're going to have Trevin Brazil. And you're going to have Ron Holland. Like I feel like those are the five guys that are going to start and are expecting to start. And, you know, if again, if this. We'll see what happens because we know the roster isn't completely finalized yet is that's not even talking about Devo or Walsh who could come back and you would say, OK, well, they would have to start right because of the experience they have. But anyways, assuming that they're moving on, those are the five starters right now. And then even after that, you're still going to have a Bay Fall who's a McDonald's All-American coming off the bench. You're going to have a laden blocker player that's coming off the bench. We'll see if he actually plays or how much he does. You're mentioning uh, the other transfers like Davenport, uh, who's going to have to come off the bench. Jalen Graham is going to have to come off the bench. Like, there's there's going to be guys that just don't get it, that just don't work out, that just don't find a role on this team, and that's okay. Like, that's not a bad thing. I, I get what Muss is was doing, and and here's another thing too: is people are like, oh, it's unfair to the players, it's unfair to the uh, kids that are coming in, and you know they're expecting to start and everything, folks. You don't think that those transfers all know who's transferring in? Like, you don't think that they're sitting around saying. Oh, man, I thought it was the only transfer in. No, they know that there's four other guys that are coming in that are expecting to play. They know that there are two five stars on the team and possibly another five star in Ron Holland on the, you know, that's going to be on the team. Like they know they know that there's a Trevin Brazil already on the team. Like they know all these things. So they have to understand that when they come in, it's not going to be just here's the keys to your starting position. See, uh, see on the court for game one. Like, it's just, that's not going to be the case. And it's an incredible type of culture that you can build that way. It breeds competitiveness and makes those practices so much sweeter and so much more fun and so much better for the team as a whole. Pushing each other with high level talent, not just throwing a scholarship because of who his dad is or, you know, oh, well, we just we had nothing. We had an open one. So, uh, yeah, here you go. No, there's there's meaning, there's purpose and there's roles to be played on this team. And you're going to have plenty of guys that are going to be able to do it. So uh, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to still be the seven to eight players. And I still think Mus, knowing how he does handle things, he's going to be the best seven or eight players that gives Arkansas the best chances of winning. So if somebody doesn't play that expects to play or that maybe we're looking to play. So be like, I haven't mentioned L. Ellis, like that guy over there at Louisville, like he was incredible. So I didn't even mention him. Like he's going to, you feel like he's going to play, he played 36 minutes a game last year for Louisville. So 
something's going to give, something's going to change. But as far as the the talent or the uh, you know the ability that they have or, or how they're managing the roster, you know whatever it may be, I just don't see it changing very much. It's going to be the same thing. But again, it's not a bad thing. In fact, it's not a bad thing at all. What's also not a bad thing is FanDuel during the NBA playoffs, folks, because right now all you new customers can get the no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. That's right, one thousand dollars bets back on bonus bets if your first bet does not win. And with the NBA playoffs going on, it's very intense. It's very tough to call, but they got all different types of bets you can choose from. And there's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Uh, you know, this was something that also was was brought to my attention, uh, not only on my radio show, but even some people on social media. We talk about Razorback baseball because, again, what they're doing is incredible and, and how they keep winning. And right now they're the number three team in the country, according to D1Baseball.com. Uh, they're in the driver's seat of being a national seed. It would really take a a failure and choke job of epic proportions. Like Arkansas would have to lose their final six games uh, for them to not be a national seed. And even then they would still be a team that hosts a regional. So worst case scenario right now for Razorback baseball uh, doomsday scenario is that they're just a team that hosts a regional and not a super assuming that they make it that far. They're not a national seed. So they're still in really great shape. And uh, the conversation is kind of pivoted to, Okay, this is great. They're doing some great things and, and they're still finding ways to win. But how do you measure the success of this season? Like, what will make this team this year a success? Because we know the elite expectation that Razorback fans have for their baseball program, and rightfully so, because it's an expectation that Dave Van Horn has, and it's an expectation that all the players have too. It's not just a whatever thing, there's a legitimate deal going on to where it's. You're one of the best teams in the country, one of the best programs in the country, and anything short of making it to Omaha will be considered a disappointment. Just That's just where you're at right now. But even making it to Omaha, the question becomes for all of you fans out there, will you consider that a success? Like if Arkansas got that national seed and went to Omaha, went to the College World Series again, and say went 0-2, would you consider that a success? To be honest, I wouldn't. Maybe it's asking too much because we know the postseason is a crapshoot. But for me, no, I would not. I would not consider that a success. Okay, so what about winning just one game? No, (laughs) I wouldn't consider that a successful season. So what is a successful season? Well, last year in the College World Series, you won three games. You went three and two. You didn't make it to the finals. You lost to the eventual champions. and. There was no doubt that last year was considered a highly successful season because of the fact of the way that the regular season ended. How uh, you were not a national seed, you weren't even a team that was in the top sixteen, didn't even host. But considering where you got it going and you started playing your best baseball at that point in time, that's when you really took off. And it felt like okay because of that fact, because of how bleak it looked for you to go to Omaha, high success, especially winning three games. But when you start performing at a high level in the regular season, which is not over yet because you still got six games left, you still got two SEC series, big time SEC series, one against the 
number uh, number four team in the country, I believe, and the number six team in the country. It's not over yet, but if you get to the point to where say you just win one of those series, you're going to be a top five team and a top five seed. And who knows, maybe if you pull off the unthinkable and win both of them, you could be the number two seed in the country. Maybe even the number one. If you really play your cards right and, and everything, like it could be that good. And when that regular season comes around and it ends and it's like, okay, here's the expectation that you have and you start getting your players back from injury. Suddenly that simple, oh, well, you know, making it to Omaha is one thing. No, it changes from, okay, you've been one of the best teams all season long. You've proven it in this conference. Now you got to prove it when it matters the most. And anything short of the College World Series and winning some games in the college, like having a nice little stay in Omaha, actually, you know, purchasing a hotel room for quite a few nights that week, that weekend, those, those couple weeks, that will be the expectation. And that's honestly what it should be. So that's kind of where I'm looking at it for right now. Uh, and again, I know it's the postseason's a crapshoot and, and, you know, maybe think it's unfair of how high of an expectation I'm putting on it, but I, I'm serious. It's like, I will, I will consider, here's, here's how I'll put it. I will consider the, the season, obviously winning the title would be the ultimate. So that doesn't even like matter. We don't even need to talk about that. But I would consider making it to the College World Series finals as a successful year. I would even put Arkansas replicating what they did last year in the World Series, winning three games and losing two. I would put that as a pretty good, very good season. But anything short of that is going to end up being a disappointment, folks. And again, if you want to say that's wrong, if you want to say that's unfair, if you want to say I'm being ridiculous, then that's fine. I'll take it. But that's the expectation. So let me know what you think about it, because uh, I know a lot of people have some opinions on it, I am sure. Uh, and especially in the YouTube comments, because it's always been pretty wild in there. But yeah, just let me know and uh, we'll have some fun with that, too. But speaking of YouTube in the comments. A lot of y'all have reached out and had some things that you wanted me to talk about. So let's answer some of your YouTube questions on the other side of the break here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. So final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. All right. So here we go. We got some questions that are coming in as far as uh, what people are wanted to have discussed on the uh, on the podcast here, and uh, just you know a few quick questions uh, that are going on. And I thought I had it written up on my phone, but now my phone's acting weird, so I'm uh, gonna have to get to it real quick and go go the long way. That's what she said. Uh, never mind. We're getting through it. We're stalling here. So okay. So here we go. Uh, some of the comments that people left of questions that they want answered. And uh, we'll do our best to kind of work through these as quickly as possible. Uh, let's see. Starting with uh, this one comes from some of these aren't questions. Some of them are just comments. But uh, this one comes from Jody says, I would love uh, he says, I love all the offseason basketball coverage. It's great things that come out of the new NCAA. Oh, yeah. Me, too, buddy. Me, too. I love it. Uh, this one comes from Levi says, would love to hear your thoughts on how Musk is going to manage the depth of his upcoming upcoming basketball roster with or without Ron Holland. Well, how about that? We Spent the entire first segment on that, so hopefully uh, you uh, you know all about it. Um, let's see. Uh, we got for this from William. It says, how many wins will Razorback football have this year? I'm thinking nine, just like the year before last. Um, 
you know, I guess we'll get when we get closer, we'll know and have a better idea of it. But if you listen to this podcast, I feel like eight and four is is absolutely doable. And I feel like that should be the expectation. Honestly, anything short of that would be a disappointment. Because uh, I think that Arkansas is going to be a much better team this year. I think the schedule is much easier. And so I, uh, yeah, I'm all about it. I'm all about, uh, I'm all about uh, Arkansas getting to eight wins. So I'll say eight and four for right now. And who knows, nine wins with the bowl game? Take that all day long. Beast Mode says, you can call out Texas for dragging their feet with the processing of Holland's NIL. Or National Letter of Intent, so NLI. I always get those mixed up. Yeah, well, them's the breaks. It's the way it goes. Uh, let's see. Scott says, uh, WPS is the call of the day. Yeah, always is. It's every day, right? Let's see. This one comes from, I don't even he only has a name, but his name's user or something. Uh, it says, an update on the potential football uh, commitments and the baseball team's injured players and a timeline of how you think long they'll be out and the possibility of some returning soon. Uh, future football commitments, the 2024 class is, is shaping up incredible. I think Arkansas is still a top 15 class right now. And from all intents and purposes, it's shaping up to be Arkansas's greatest recruiting class since really the inception of 24-7 sports and everything. Uh, they got a lot of five stars or four stars. They got like eight of them. So they're, they're doing great and they got to keep that up. And uh, the injuries for the players, I know Stovall is going to be back this weekend. At least that's what he said on my radio show. Uh, I think Josenberger and Wagner, I don't know if they'll be back this week, but I think they'll prob- you're probably going to be looking at for the final weekend uh, against Vanderbilt. Uh, for them to come back maybe in the SEC tournament, so it's going to be a while there. But uh, I, think pretty, I think those are kind of the biggest ones. Tiger's still going to be working his way back in. Um, you know, Hunter Holland's worked his way back in, so... Those are the ones that uh, there. Hudson says more basketball and baseball, please. Well, we talked a lot of basketball and baseball today, so hopefully you got your got your wish there. Uh, Jofra, hope that's how you say his name. Uh, it says I love your discussion about what the expectation is for Musk going forward. This past year was supposed to be the final four year, and as you stated, I think we probably uh, win, make the Elite Eight again, if not run into UConn. Huh? Now with the portal and even the addition of Holland, the expectation is Final Four or what? Hot seat, fired even. I wouldn't think firing must be a possibility, but a hot seat is likely a course of action. Absolutely not. Um, absolutely not. Uh, I think that because of the NCAA tournament, it is so difficult to get through and to navigate. Um, I don't think that if, if Must does not make the Final Four this year, then he's on the hot seat. Absolutely not. I think it's it, it would be, if you don't go to the second weekend, yeah, it's a failure. It's a failure, but I don't, a hot seat, come on. Arkansas is the most relevant college basketball program, one of the most relevant college basketball programs in the country right now, and they're bringing in some of the all, all these players and recruits, whether it's freshmen or transfers, that other teams would die to have. Muss is so far off the hot like you could like there's no hot seat. There's nothing hot seat about Eric Musselman. Like literally Dave Van Horn and Eric Musselman, like Courtney Dyfel, like those are like the coaches, track coaches, harder and Buckman. I know that uh, he's retiring, but still like those, those, there's no hot seat that does not exist right now. So it's not even worth uh, talking about. Uh, well, Magic Muss, this comes from Glenn. Would Magic Muss play more than seven or eight players this year with such a talented roster? We just talked about that. So look at that. Look at that. We're answering some of the questions already. Uh, Whole Hawk fan says, I love the offseason basketball coverage. It's one of the great things to come out of the new NCAA. Did I read that? I feel like it did. Somebody else did it. So, uh, But yeah, no, it's great. I think I did read it all. And then uh, Hi, What's Up says, football, please. Talked a little football. There's just not a whole lot going on right now other than gums coming back. So, uh, yeah. No, I got a lot more other ones, but I kind of ran out of time here. But yeah, keep those coming, folks. I like those. We'll do that more often, especially when it slow, slows down a little bit uh, as far as everything goes. But yeah, let's uh, appreciate the questions. And you know, again, subscribe on the YouTube page on Locked on Razorbacks. And also, 
if you guys could just uh, download also uh, the podcast audio version of the podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, you know, however you go about it too. Because uh, I know that uh, a lot of you maybe just only know about the YouTube, but we definitely do audio only. So if, if you don't want to look at my ugly face every single day and just want to listen to my stupid voice, that's probably the best way to go about it. So appreciate everybody listening into Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Buzz John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns as we may, you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.